0: we are here today with the amazing web wilder how are you today web pretty good guys thanks for uh the uh, amazing part i'm okay it's a weird time for everybody uh but uh glad to be here with y'all we're glad to have we you
1: appreciate you taking some time out of your day to to spend with two small time podcasters kind
0: of got a lot of time lately <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do
1: uh well on that point um usually the first question we ask anybody that comes on our show is um so how's the current pandemic impacting your life
0: well, you know, in negative ways, but in positive ways, and I almost feel guilty about the positives, you know, because um, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of the being at home and playing the guitars that I thought I would play one day and never did and having breakfast on the deck and things like that, but, it, but it's weird, you know, and uh, of course, you know, I was launching a new album when all my gigs got canceled, and mm. I've done some on the internet from home. That's been fun, too, and that's been kind of a growth Thing because it's a whole new you know, web TV kind of thing. Uh, I miss a lot of mundane things that I never that I always took for granted, like just get together. You know, maybe one on one with a friend or having lunch or something. So um, I think you know the usual stuff. I'm frustrated that uh, my gigs are uh, you know live touring for everyone is is a non-option pretty much, and that uh, I can't go to lunch with friends or whatever. So, but I've kind of enjoyed some of it, to
1: tell you the truth. (laughs) I certainly feel the same way. I've enjoyed certain parts of it. I'm not really looking uh, forward to too much of the world going back to normal. So, Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's like, we we always have a hard time complaining because we're both out of work right now. um, But at the same time, we we launched this famous folks things and we've gotten to talk to a lot of celebrities. So, Mm. you know, that's not a terrible thing to have come out of all of this. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, the whole virtual world uh, has
0: grown by leaps and bounds and what people are getting used to um, putting out there uh, as, as uh, the hosts of things or as the recipients of things. You know, everybody's learning curves. It's a learning curveball world is my theory. You know, there's a learning curve <laughs> every day. But um,
2: yeah, it's cool. We muddle through it. Um, so the album you chose, um, and for anybody that's tuning in for the first time, usually what we do is, is we pick an album um, and we we discuss our thoughts on it. So at one point, Aaron and I thought it would be much more interesting for our listeners to hear from famous folks as opposed to our own thoughts. Um, So when we reached out to you, the album you chose is Masked Man and the Agents, uh, One-Eyed Open. Can you tell us... um, Well, I most importantly want to know about your relationship um, with this album. But um, when I went to look it up, I could find almost nothing about this band.
0: Yeah, I was i was relieved when uh we found some things on youtube because uh i didn't know you know what was going to be a deal breaker on doing this i just knew that i had two copies of the vinyl you know and uh, that's the way it looks on the back how about that you know so here's what i know about it you know uh, the 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 phrase my dear friend has become a real cliche that people use and sometimes though it's perfect so in describing my dear friend casper Rawls, it's apt we've been very close for decades and uh he's a great guitar player and an artist in his own right and um he's from texas and he still lives there and i lived there in the 70s and he found the i have two of these he found the first one and just thought i'd like to have it years ago and, (laughs) and bought it and gave it to me and so i thought well man if if it's half as good as the cover you know i mean you've got this guy that's dressed sort of like What he was, I guess, an R&B artist in the 60s with the there was a company called Eleganza that advertised these type of threads in the back of Hit Parader magazines and stuff like that. Well, he's decked out that way, except he's got a mask like the Lone Ranger. Right. Mm -hmm. And and these are all novelty songs. So there was a there was a novelty R&B act that their material was blue, if you know what I mean, in nature called Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts. In the 60s <laughs> but none of this is off color or blue at all this is just funny stuff so they were novelty r and this is novelty r and for the most part mm-hmm. and uh you know he had these backup guys the the agents who are uh kind of like james brown's famous flames you know and uh his real name was Harmon buffet he worked out of the dc area it's on the dynamo record label um and there was a woman that's mentioned in the liner notes, um, oh gosh, what's her, Lillian N. Claiborne. So maybe she was the producer or the um, label owner. But I mean, there are these things on here, like there's a song called Wigs about wigs. There's a song on here called Roaches about roaches. <laughs> and uh, there's a song called The World is a Cafeteria. Uh, it's, it's, it's some of the greatest stuff ever.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Some of the only information I found out um, on Harmon was, uh, it looks like for his entire career, he was an Army uh, Department mail clerk, and he kept that day job and had been trying for years and years and years to break into the music industry, not having much luck until he hit it with this sort of novelty approach.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Eddie Murphy has made this movie that I've yet to see. It's on Netflix about Rudy Ray Moore, the comedian. Who, who was the similar story in comedy and in film, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he definitely worked blue. That's the difference there. But, um, <laughs> unfortunately he attained some fame and now there's a movie about him, whereas that's not the case with the mask man, but who knows now, you know, I had always kind of held this close to the vest. Cause I always wondered if I wanted to cover some of these songs myself. Right. Uh-huh. And who knows, maybe I will one day. But, yeah, but, I, but I, can, I can relate to the flourishing and obscurity aspect of this story, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you, you did me uh, perhaps too proud putting me in the category of famous people. I'm a, I am always say <laughs> I'm loved by dozens.
2: Loved by dozens. But, hey, that's, that's more than some. So that's a good, <laughs> a good thing.
0: Well, one, one positive of this whole pandemic thing is I always had the theory that there were 11 Web Wilder fans in every town in the world. You know and uh you you have the potential of reaching them doing these internet shows you know like i've i've done these things in my basement and put them on the internet and you know people will be watching in australia and europe and, you know can't hit them all at once like that going to a, some bar somewhere but some bar somewhere is where rock and roll really happens i think too so
2: yeah yeah i, I would imagine being used to being out on the road it's going to be a a yeah, itchy feet Kind of, you know, but
0: I mean, I've been doing it so long, you know, and I'm not exactly touring in luxury. I mean, I think one, one way, you know, the legends w- are able to do it so long is they have people taking a lot of care of them and they're in a tour bus or a jet or whatever, you know. And we've always been out there slugging it out, and moving our own gear and everything. So, you know, I don't uh Enjoy that so much, but uh, I do miss hanging out with the guys and and interacting with the fans and and playing the blues and playing original material and and uh, doing a solo and band gigs. And so all I've really done on the internet from my home since this happened are solo gigs. But we may fig you know with the social distancing and all that we haven't figured out quite how to get together with the guys, but we may soon. Mm-hmm got to have another rabbit to pull out of the hat right right
1: (laughs) yeah your your touring experience doesn't sound too dissimilar to uh when i was in a high school band and we tried to do touring and we're sleeping in walmart parking lots and bringing our own gear but you know you're probably a little bit further along than we are well
0: there's yeah (laughs) you get a level above that where you're like all in one room and then you get a level above that where you occasionally have your own room but you're usually doubling with people and we never really have gotten past that but um you know, there were times when when I was on a tour bus, when I had major label tour support and things like that. Mm. And you know, I've played in Europe and all over the United States and even in Fiji and all kind of stuff. But uh, you know, it's it's a great thing. I mean, I, you know, I I love performing. So I'll they always say, you know, I'll do the gig for free. You got to pay me for getting there and back.
1: And that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So back onto the album for a second here. Um. Uh, do you have a favorite track on this album? I'm sorry. Do you have a favorite track on this album?
0: Do I have a favorite track? God, that's tough because as I was saying, you know, um, oh, well, let's see. Okay, well. Mm, my my top, I'll have to just there's 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 at least half the album that's absolutely great. Um it's really kind of a toss-up between wigs and roaches, man. Those are both so great. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was listening to Roaches uh, just shortly before uh, we started, and uh, he's even got some commentary on the civil rights movement um, thrown yeah. into there.
0: Yeah, one of the guys, one of the, the uh, agents says Wallace heard about that. You know, and because uh, he says something, the masked man says something like you're talking about it, and then uh, you know one of the backup singers says Wallace heard about that question mark George Wallace, he's talking about right. Mm-hmm. It was an obstacle to civil rights, let's face it.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
2: um, so you mentioned how this album kind of came into your life. Uh, do you have a, would you say you have a personal relationship with this album? Like how does this, um, other than being sort of in the same vein, um, what, conne- what connects you spiritually, I guess, with this album?
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, if you were ever to really hear this album, there are elements of a lot of the other things that enjoyed greater acclaim that were happening in particularly in R&B at the time. So, I mean, you'll be listening to him and you'll go, Oh, that's a little bit Joe Tex, or that's a little bit James Brown. That's a little bit Wilson Pickett. That's a little bit uh, Doug Clark and the hot nuts or whatever. So um, I like all those things, you know, so I like this. And um, just the sheer authenticity, individual, thing of it you know it's it's this really not like anything else and uh it's certainly uh, earthy and um genuine so um and it, it was just mystical how it came to me casper found the record and gave it to me and uh and we were in a band together at one time called the drapes and we actually played one of the other really good songs from this album called it's the thing and um man i don't know it's just uh as i'm fond of saying of things that that count it stands in its own light
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and it's definitely you can you can definitely hear that the genuineness in it when when you're listening to it these guys are having fun it meant something to them and uh, they're having fun yeah
0: it's in a lighthearted vein it doesn't take its on one hand it doesn't take itself too seriously but on the other hand it's like lay, lay it out there there it is you know uh, they don't make any apologies for it or anything. So um, it's not one of these things like a guy who laughs at his own jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a friend who does that, and a, another friend of mine pointed it out to me one day. like, oh, yeah, there's there's deeper meaning there about this
1: guy. You know? and <laughs> I'm that friend. Okay, anyway. Uh- <laughs>
2: well, you know, there are probably a lot of great people who laugh at their own jokes, but maybe not <laughs> guys. So, yeah. Sometimes it's a, just a situation where somebody has to laugh. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I know it's kind of hard to pin down um, where we're still in the middle of this, this pandemic. Um, like, I, I was on your site earlier, and I noticed you got cancellations all this month now at this point yeah Um,
0: yeah what happens you know is that um, you know the agents are all scratch my agent is totally cautious and on the side of respecting the virus you know uh, and all the venue people have been pretty much too and and we're all in trouble I mean you know it's like these these precious venues are endangered and uh, all our livelihoods are endangered and for those of us who are getting older you know you got to wonder like How old will you be when this thing, you know, straightens out like the Stones, for instance? Okay, the Stones are very old, and they're super big in the entertainment world. So the only way they can really do a truly live with an audience show is a super big show. So, you know, by the time a super big rock concert can happen, these guys, who knows if they'll even all be alive, you know? So, uh it, it's just wild, you know, but um, so what one thing that's happened is that it's canceled and you sort of have to guess like, well, when do you think you could do it again? And we were projecting them, rescheduling them for the fall. Yeah. And then that sort of didn't look so good. And a lot of them are getting rescheduled for the first of the year. And I wonder about those even because, you know, it's really cold and flu season in like January or something. And, and how that you know correlates with this virus, I don't know. But I mean some people are really thinking um you know summer of 2021 is the time to where it's all going to be like in americana you know i do a weekly americana chart radio show which Mm. we could talk about but um one of the two of the biggest artists in that genre are jason isbel and lucinda williams well they're talking about and jason just put out a new album and lucinda did too and um they're talking about touring together realistically in the summer of 2021.
2: wow and um, and like you mentioned earlier, you just had your new album, Night Without Love, it just come out just prior to the whole world shutting down.
0: Yeah, the last gig I played was March 7th, and it was at this historically significant, cool, old tavern. It was a solo gig, you know, in, in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is east of here. And we had just had that terrible tornado. And mm-hmm. uh, the next gigs I was going to do were benefits for for nashville tornado victims and as i was driving over to knoxville and back i saw some of you know because it really just kind of hit nashville and went interstate 40 east through the state you know Mm. and i saw a lot of that destruction and uh, i gained that was march 7th which strangely enough was my mother's birthday uh you know i was coming back expecting to do these benefits and they began to get canceled yeah And stuff and so uh, the the album was to come out April 10th and uh, you know we have a really cool important part of the scene uh, record store here called Grimey's uh, so significant that when they had to shut down Taylor Swift stepped in to pay their employees salaries for a few months we were gonna do an in-store there which is you know a privileged high-profile ish thing to do uh, the day the album was to be released, which was April 10th. And of course that didn't happen. And I wound up
2: in my basement going out on the (laughs) internet with just me and my guitar. Uh, um, So any idea what's next for you? Um, other than, and I mean, hopefully touring before summer of 2021, but, um, any new projects in the work or,
0: well, you know, one thing I learned getting in show business is that you're always supposed to have something to say, like, especially to your fellow artists, like, Hey, what you got going on, man? You're always supposed to, well, you know, Eric called me and uh, he wants me to be on the next Crossroads festival. No. uh, So that's not happening. Um, what I can tell you is there's a music video in the works for the title cut of the new album, which is called night without love. And, um, There's a song called Night Without Love. There's a music video in the works for that. And that'll, that'll, I'm excited about that. That'll be cool. Um, I'll do some more of these uh, cyber shows as I call them, you know, live streaming shows. Uh, And my bass player and I may socially distance and do one as a duo. I don't know, that's not official, but you know, all that information will be promoted. Mm -hmm. on webwilder.com and the Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And what else? Um, I do a weekly, as I mentioned, radio show called The List. And it's an Americana chart show. And the album is on the Americana chart um, currently, which is great. And um, that goes out on WMOT.org. So and I'm trying to write songs. And just today, you know, I've always done albums that were a combination of uh, cover and original material. And the covers are really more truly interpretations, you know. I think I'm pretty good at that, actually. And uh, some people I really respect do it. Like, you know, some people write all their own songs and you don't like any of them, you know. <laughs> but if you if you make sure you do some of someone else's, you have a really good chance of getting some good ones on there. And the Beatles did that. Nobody's going to outright Lennon and McCartney. Nick Lowe, who many consider the greatest living British songwriter, he finds some groovy covers to do. So I was making a list today of, of songs that I've either written or have in motion and um, some covers I might like to do. And this this will, if I ever get to make another album, I'm 90% sure this won't be the songs because that's the way it evolves every time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, these won't be the songs. But, um, and I'll I'll write on a song for years, literally. Uh, and, uh, I I made a little headway on one of those. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's low key. (laughs) It's stuff like that, like sitting in a chair, playing the guitar, uh, watching the news, doing my radio show, um, doing things like this. Thank God the album has some life and there are some promo avenues to explore. And it's, it's the waiting game in many ways, you know? Yep.
1: Hmm. Um, so what's one change in the way that the world works? Do um, you like to see come out of this entire pandemic experience?
0: Oh, well, let's see. The way the world works. Um,
1: I know it's a hard we've one.
0: We've seen changes all along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the music business has evolved from, you know, the sale of sheet music to recorded music and then the different mediums, you know, um, when I was in high school, it was vinyl and eight tracks, you know, and then vinyl and cassettes. And when I first started making records, it was vinyl and cassettes. And then somewhere along the way, you know, CDs came out and and vinyl was really down there. And then downloading came out and then the free illegal downloading really gutted a lot of royalty-based income for a lot of people I never had that much of it to begin with, but, um, suddenly everybody's got to play live and sell merchandise to make money in the music business. So you're competing at that time. BB King was still alive. You're competing with everybody from BB King to a a young Taylor Swift, you know, and um, then it became a buyer's market. And, um, then that is pretty much the status of things till this pandemic happened. And now, the royalty-based income is not much better for anybody. The only thing that happened in the interim, of course, was vinyl sales started going back up mm-hmm. to some mm-hmm. degree or another. And, and they're chasing the streaming income more, but it's, it's minuscule money, you know. And, uh, and so now, you know, it's uh, people are worried, you know. I mean, there's, there's a movement called Save Our Stages so that the venues themselves can exist when and if this is all over. Um, it's anybody's guess, but I mean, musicians will make music one way or another, you know, I I still feel compelled to do so. I didn't exactly get in it for the money, uh, you know, which is good Mm -hmm. because I'd be really disappointed if that had been my motivation.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Um, Well, Webb, thank you very much for, for taking time today uh, to come chat with us. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Um, And thank you for introducing one of our selfish reasons for doing this podcast is to, is to get into new music. Um, so thank you for your suggestion. I actually enjoyed um, listening to Masked Man and will continue to do so. Well,
0: I'm glad and I, you told me something I didn't know. I didn't know that he was an Army, did you say shipping clerk or
2: something? Uh, mail, I think it was mail clerk. Uh, yeah, Army Department yeah. mail clerk um, for all those years. Um, Maybe so. that
0: helped him with his organizational skills to make <laughs> this other side side hustle happen, you know.
2: All right. So uh, thank you, Ian. Um, when when your episode comes out, we'll um, we'll link to your site and to your radio show, um, so so people Super. can check you out. Thanks so much. And um, take care. Hopefully we'll see you on the road sometime down down the road.
0: That would be fantastic. We look forward to that.